0: Wait is over. Over.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of the Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Binge Buster Show. Uh, this is going to be a fun. Exciting episode, uh, as here in the month of November, it is starcade month and we are breaking down all the classic starcades. Uh, we started out with 86, uh, last week we done 83 and this week we're going to be doing 84. And before I can even get to the podcast, man, I got to bring on my co-host. I'm talking about Jeff. Patton and Chris Plano guys what is going on
0: man Tony so glad to be back this week Starcade 84 uh, I'm pumped up these the uh, it I think it's in my blood a little bit I'm not sure but what a great month for wrestling and uh thank you for having me back and uh, uh Jeff as well I know we're gonna have fun with this one
2: yeah for sure Jeff uh, How how's your week going
3: Oh, busy man, busy, busy, getting ready for Thanksgiving.
2: I, I understand. Hey, uh, since we're talking about Starcade, uh, one of my one of my friends uh, sent me this today, and I want to make sure that we get this out on the podcast. How many of my listeners out there would love to have a piece of wrestling history? I'm not talking about you know an autograph picture. I'm not talking about a, a VCR, if, if some of you people know what a VCR tape is. I'm talking about an actual piece of wrestling history. Well, here's your chance. Tomorrow night, go on um, f- uh, facebook.com slash highspots at 7 p.m. Uh, they're they're going to be doing a online uh, autograph signing with J.J. Dillon, a member of the Four Horsemen. Now, if that isn't good enough, listen to what they have got in store for you. All right, Jeff, Chris, you guys get ready for this. Right now, they're they're going to raffle off a limited edition. They're only they're only they're only going to take eighty. There's only eighty five spots available. Eighty five tickets that can be purchased um, to own a piece of wrestling history. Are you ready for this? It is a ring worn original. Tully Blanchard's Original Four Horsemen Satin Jacket. All right. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? Not only, not only that, that's but cool. it is very cool. Uh, but not only that, they're also g- g- going to be offering um, a signed uh, horseman turnbuckle, a signed Ric Flair turnbuckle that's black, uh, a signed four horseman 16 by 20 photo, um, all autographed, uh, Eric Hodson cartoon of the four horsemen, seven individual promo signed by Rick Tully, Arn, Barry, JJ Lex, and, um, Malenko, uh, plus, uh, a Jack's Pacific hall of fame t- 2012 four horsemen figure set. Now that one would, would be Arn old, I'm sorry, Arn Tully, Flair and Wyndham in that package. Um, 11 by 17 photo, uh, of Ric Flair and a signed replica NWA world heavyweight title by Ric Flair. Uh, man, all of this stuff, uh, and also a chance to, to, to win Tully Blanchard's ring worn, uh, full horseman jacket, man, this is, this is, this is something else right here. Uh, and that's available tomorrow. Uh, Like I said, it starts at 7 p.m. It's a virtual gimmick table with JJ Dillon uh, brought to you by our friends over at highspots.com. So make sure that you go over there tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Watch JJ Dillon uh, at the gimmick table. Uh, All that's tomorrow night. Now, tomorrow is another special day, guys, and I I got to put this out there. Uh, It is. This day, I think, is going to be more important than JJ's gimmick table. Okay, uh, tomorrow, my little man William turns six years old. It's his birthday, so I'm excited to celebrate his birthday, man. And uh, man, I, how I, I can't even express how much that little dude's changed my life just in six years. Um, never would have thought at at forty years old I'd be, you know, having a, having another child. But here he is, man, and he's keeping me young. So, happy birthday, little man. Um, Guys, we're only a week away from Thanksgiving. And uh, for our Binge Buster listeners at home, a special treat. Next Thursday on Thanksgiving Day, Jeff, Chris, and myself are going to be dropping a special Thanksgiving edition of the Binge Buster show, breaking down the absolute very best starcade. In the history of Starcades. I'm excited for that, guys. What about y'all think?
0: <laughs> Can't talk better about Starcade than on Thanksgiving Day, so I, I'm really excited. We're gonna have some, some turkey, some ham, and we're gonna we're gonna talk some wrestling. Why
2: not? Exactly, for sure. Uh, all right, fans. Well, um, right now uh, we're, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and when we come back. We are going to be talking Starcade 84, the million-dollar challenge, coming up right after this. It's the North American Wrestling Association, each and every Saturday at noon on Facebook and YouTube. Each week, tune in and see the biggest stars from the NAWA, including Drew Hood, Luke Christian, Adam James, James Brody, Jet Jaggers, Ted and AWOL King Craig Classic The Golden Gladiators Dangerous Donnie High Performance Strokin' Tim Hunter and many more that's every Saturday at noon a new episode airs on YouTube it's the NAWA the Major League of Independent Professional Wrestling check them out each week on YouTube it's the NAWA professional wrestling
1: Live from the Greensboro Coliseum. It's the premier wrestling event of the decade. Ladies and gentlemen, Starcade 84.
2: Starcade 84, the million dollar challenge was held on November 22nd, 1984 at the Greensboro Coliseum in attendance of 16,000 people with the main event for the NWA World Heavyweight title and a check for $1 million as the Nature Boy Ric Flair defended his belt against the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, plus tons of the matches. Find out all this exciting event on Stark 84 coming up next on the Binge Buster Show. All right, fans, we are back on the Binge Buster Show. Jeff, Chris, when you heard Tom Miller say welcome to Starkey, does it not give you goosebumps?
0: It gives me goosebumps. I don't know. uh, I think it even raises the hair on the back of my neck a little bit as well because um, it's the granddaddy of them all, like Jeff said it a couple of times last week. So absolutely on this
3: end.
2: Jeff, what, what are your thoughts on Strike 84? What what was like one of the matches that, that stood out most to you?
3: Uh, in 84, I would say probably, I mean, definitely the million-dollar challenge and the, the chaotic finish to that was unbelievable. You know, we'll talk about it later. But uh, also the TV title match was uh, uh, really good. I enjoyed it. Um, and by the way, happy birthday to William, man. Tomorrow and my brother is uh, his birthday is tomorrow as well. Alex will be 35 years old.
2: Wow. Dude, that that blows me away. Uh Chris, I want to tell you something. The first time I met Jeff, right? His brother yeah. Alex was the ring boy. Like he came and got the jackets from the ring. He he right. he could he could barely see over the apron and now, man, he's taller than me. <laughs>
0: That's all right. seems like birthdays are going around. So, you know, happy birthday to all and a uh, good time of year to have a birthday as well. I think November, December are good months, not being biased, but I think they are.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but now as, as, as we get into this, uh, Starcade 84, the million dollar challenge. Now, just a year ago, uh, right here in the same Greensboro Coliseum, uh, was the inaugural, um, Starcade And we talked about that last week. And so if, if you fans, um, missed the show go back and uh, and uh, listen to that because uh we, we we definitely touched on some uh some 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 really high spots of Starcade but here we are a year later and uh a, a year prior 83 rick flair is the golden child he is the one you know that, that Starcade was made for um it was uh you know a flair for the gold um and now we fast forward a year later dusty rose is definitely a full-fledged booker uh, on this event, put himself right there in the main event with Ric Flair, and put the purse up of a million dollars. And uh, uh, so the winner uh, takes the takes the check for one million dollars plus uh, the NWA World Title. And guys, I remember uh, as a as a young kid, I was ten years old. Uh, really, eighty four. I was really starting to really get into wrestling heavy. Um, but I remember, uh, guys, the the promos for this. And I and I remember uh, watching um, Jim Crockett come on TV and talk about you know that that uh, that uh, this this was going to be the very first million dollar purse in pro wrestling, and I remember them uh, having the security guards come out there and had all that money, you know, the million dollars in the in the, if I remember it's like a like a grocery cart and they were they were taking it into the uh, into the safe. You guys remember that?
3: Yeah, I watched it. Actually, I watched on YouTube. One of the old uh, Worldwide Wrestling uh, tapes uh, shows that aired in October of this year. And they were annou- They made the announcement about the Million Dollar Challenge. And, yeah, they were in a bank. And the security guards brought the money in or whatever. And they were putting it on the table and counting it or whatever. And, yeah, uh, Jim Crockett was making the announcement. It was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I... I, I... I think '84 was like the brink uh, where pro wrestling was really about to explode, um, and this starcade, uh you know, definitely had some great matches. And what I liked about it was there, there was a lot of title matches on this. And as we get started here um, at at the um, the starcade, the very first match, opening match. Uh, is for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship as a champion, Mike Davis is defending against Denny Brown, uh, and uh, Denny Brown ends up uh, winning this belt uh, here at Starcade. Uh, this match goes five minutes thirty-eight seconds, um, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love that belt. It, you know, a lot of people call it the Burger King belt because it had the big crown on it. But man, that was a cool looking belt. I
0: mean, I. Absolutely. I mean, I vaguely remember the belt, um, you know, but, you know, it was a title that was on the line, you know, good good opening match, get people in their seats, uh, you know, it, just, it, it just to kind of set things up for the evening and, you know, an opportunity, you know, for the NWA to showcase just different titles, you know, and, and just different talent and different title matches. You know, we all know why everyone was there for the last, you know, a couple of matches on the show, but obviously, you know, I think it's a good warm-up match, you know, for this particular event because it really is loaded talent, you know, from top to bottom.
2: Yeah. And then from the uh, from that match, we go right into a singles match. Uh, Brian Adidas, who had really just came into the NWA at this time, and he's taking on Mr. Edo. This match goes four minutes long. Uh, with brian adidas uh winning that match um let's let, let's talk for a second guys uh each chris i'll start with you uh what 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 are like like what like like some of your thoughts or your first memories of brian adidas
0: honestly his days in world-class championship wrestling really is what i remember him. mine too from uh, um, uh more more than anything else just from, you know tuning in on espn back in the day and watching world class and you know he, he'd be on there you know nearly almost every episode uh, or, or at some point in, in some kind of storyline so that's my recollection of, of of him you know you know going back during this time period
2: yeah what about you jeff
3: uh yeah very good wrestler all right you know i remember his days back in the nwa and then you know with the crockets and then of course i think he left and went to world class in texas but you know i got a funny funny little story about him if you ever watch the movie um oh, the silver bullet stephen king
2: mm-hmm.
3: there is a scene in there's a scene in that movie where um Remember his little girlfriend, the kid, the the kid in the wheelchair. Remember his girlfriend, her dad was he, when he got attacked by the werewolf. Well, before that, he was watching wrestling, and guess who was in the match? Who Brian Adia. Oh, nice in, on TV in the match. Yeah, and I still remember that to this day. I remember him being on that in that movie. So uh, um, it was, and it, David Crockett was doing the commentary. So that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah. Uh, great wrestler, I always thought, and I know he uh, did some uh, um, teaming with the Von Erichs when he went to Texas as well. So, yeah, that,
2: yeah, that was. Uh, I, I like Brian Diaz. and and I remember like he was this big baby face here in Mid Atlantic, um, and then I guess '85 or the end of '84, uh, shortly after Starcade I believe, is is when he left and went to Texas. And he, they brought him in as the friend uh, friends of the Von Ericks, and he ended up turning on the Von Ericks and, and and become a pretty good heel there, if I remember right. Yeah, I
3: think he did.
2: Now, m- oh m-
3: yeah, no, absolutely, he did. Yes, I mean
2: mm-hmm.
0: that—that's really what I kind of remembered him from, you know, it, it, it being a heel.
2: Yeah, I always liked his ring jacket. I don't know why, but his ring jacket was so cool, that blue and gray. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, now, moving on to our next match, we've got um, Jesse Barr, uh, who is the NWA Florida Heavyweight Champion, and he is um, taking on Mike Graham. And, of course, Jesse Barr. Uh, this match goes 11 minutes, 43 seconds, with Jesse Barr retaining the title. Um here, here. Here's two guys that that um you know we did we don't hear much about anymore, but they but they both were were very good talents. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesse Barr went on to become uh, Jimmy Jack Funk, right? Um and um and, and Mike Graham was uh, was a uh, you know uh, he he worked behind the scenes in WCW. Uh, you know a great match. Uh, two two great legends from Florida. Um, what 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 are you guys thoughts on on these these two competitors?
0: Um, I, 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 mean, I mean, for me, you know, just, you know, you know, looking at the NWA Florida heavyweight, you know, championship and putting it on this particular card, you know, as an homage, you, you know, to Florida, you know, Mike Graham, I mean, the legendary Graham family, Mike in itself. And, you know, I do remember you know, Jesse in the WWF actually, um, you know, as, um, Jimmy Jack Funk, I do remember that. So, I mean, to me, I think it's just great, uh, again, just another title on the show, again, to just keep that intrigue with the fans as as well, the, the, the chance of a, of a title change, you know, in, in nearly almost all these matches at some point have, have some kind of title on the
3: line. Yeah, that. yeah I like the fact that they, they, sorry, Tony, but yeah, I like the fact that they, you know, at the star cage especially the first two, they brought in guys from different territories. You know, they brought in Carlos Colon and Abdul, Abdul the Butcher in 83, you know, from Puerto Rico. And then here you've got, you know, the, the Florida guys coming up from Florida to be a part of Starcade. That was
2: pretty neat. Yeah, now, now this next match, guys, is something else. <clears throat> it's an elimination match. It goes five minutes, 26 seconds. We got the Assassin number one and Buzz Tyler, uh, taking on the Zambui Express, uh, Elijah, Akeem and Kareem Muhammad with their manager Paul Jones. Now, I'm trying to remember. I I, I believe right right before this, uh, you know, the Assassin Number One is is a babyface, and and shortly after this. Um, I'm sorry, maybe earlier, like a few months before this. Uh, yeah, definitely was a few months before. This. I'm starting to get my years confused. But um, the assassin, you know, was was in the Paul Jones army. Um, and he and assassin number two, which was actually um, Hercules Hernandez, they end up cutting the beard of Jimmy Valiant and put him in, you know, that deep depression. And then he came back and uh, and ended up taking the masks of the assassin and and and, and we we've actually touched about on that on other podcasts, but um but this match elimination match the Zambui Express I remember they were two huge guys.
0: Yeah, go ahead,
3: Jeff. Yeah, yeah, they were, and um, real quickly I think um Kareem Mohammed used to be bad bad Leroy Brown if I'm not mistaken, that was, he was the one. I believe was, you're right, uh, Jeff. Leroy Brown, yeah, had the construction hat, and I think he was actually Mid-Atlantic champion for a little while as well.
0: Yeah, an awfully quick match for a tag team elimination match, but uh, as I read some of the rave reviews, it wasn't one of the top
2: matches no, <laughs> on the definitely show. Definitely a, a throwaway it for was, sure. <laughs> now,
0: yeah, it, it was in there, and, uh, um you know they were, let's just say they were on the show.
2: Yeah. Now the the next match, I'm, uh, I I definitely enjoyed it. It was a hard hitting match. Uh, it was for the NWA Brass Knuckles Championship, uh, as the champion Black Bart with his manager James J. Dillon uh, taking on the raging bull Manny Fernandez. Uh, this match was bloody. Uh, you know uh, the guys hit hard. Um, I remember I talked to Black Bart uh about this and he said man he said he said me and bull went out there and we decided hey we're on this big show we uh, got to give them something to talk about and he said and uh he's an our you know manny worked stiff anyway he said so uh, this was like you know um heaven to him
0: oh yeah no absolutely <laughs> good test i mean this is you know somewhat typical of a manny match i mean you know Grass Knuckles Championship. I mean, you know, he knows it's a pay. I, uh, show me a pay per view where Manny Fernandez has not bled.
2: <laughs> right, so it, 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 you're right, exactly.
0: You know, so <laughs> if you really think about it. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get, and I mean, it's. Um, but again, another another title match. You, you know, of you know, just for the fans and 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 for those that like that kind of match, you know what you're going to get here. It there's going to be no. <laughs> this is going to be no scientific match here. It's just going to be a
3: brawl.
2: Now, uh, if yeah, i now now, yeah, of
3: course, yeah, mm-hmm. like a month and a half before this, uh, Manny Fernandez and, uh, Dusty Rhodes and ended up winning the world tag team titles as well.
2: Ah, that's right. I remember that. They, very good fact. They, 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 they defeated the Russians for those belts. Um, one thing I want to talk about, uh, real quick, the brass knuckles championship, uh, that was kind of pre hardcore, uh, I guess what you see today. Um, but the brass knuckles championship, I mean, those matches were always bloody.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, (laughs) really what it was all about. I mean, it was, you know, (laughs) it was kind of almost like anything goes, you know, and it's inserted right in the middle of the card, you know, pretty much. And, you know, you, you pretty much know what you're going to get, you know, straightforward. Um, you know, but really after this match, I mean, you've got probably a lot of the matches that were promoted heavily, you know, for the program to the fans leading up to it.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was a great, great match. Uh, I've always enjoyed watching the raging bull. I, <laughs> I tell you a funny story, Chris, you're gonna love this. Uh, one time I'm, I'm in the ring working with Jeff and I end up, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm going to do the flying burrito. And, jeff you remember this i know you do i start doing doing the raging bull run and i hit jeff with the flying burrito his brother tony is commentating and after i hit him with the flying burrito i I did the the, uh the bullhorns and his brother on commentary is cracking up so much he couldn't even talk you remember that jeff Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was so funny yeah but um But yeah, that was fun stuff right there. I I, I uh, mean, hey,
0: hey, hey, give it up. That was Manny's signature move, and it's it's been a signature move his whole career. And, um, you know, when he hit it, not many guys (laughs) kicked out of a three
2: count. No, no, that was it. That's right, Daddy. When the bull hit, that's right. When the bull, (laughs) when the bull hit the flying burrito, it was over.
0: There might have been a couple that may have, but other than that, it was pretty much once he hit it, you kind
2: of knew what was coming yeah, next. Yeah, it was done. Now, this next one is was one of my favorites at Starcade. Of course, I'm kind of biased at this one. But it's uh Mr. Number One Paul Jones taking on handsome boogie-woogie Jimmy Valia in a Texas street fight. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. A tuxedo street fight. Loser leaves town and... This match was uh, was very was very bizarre because on this one, uh, this is the match where uh, uh, Jimmy Vayet had been offered to come back to work in um, in Memphis. Uh, Jerry Lawler and um, Jerry Jarrett had uh, bought Jimmy a house, uh, and Boogie is going to uh, lose to Paul Jones, and he's going to leave uh, Crockett territory, go back to to Texas or to Tennessee for a little bit. Um, but then when he, once he gets there, he says, Hey, you know, Crockett just signed this deal to go on, um, uh, world championship wrestling on WTBS. Uh, and Crockett and them said, Boogie, man, you, you can't leave us, man. You're, you're, you're like one of our top baby faces. We gotta get you back down. So, uh, he ended up, um, you know, giving Jerry Jarrett and Lawler his notice and coming back and working for Crockett and having, uh, you know, the, it, to my knowledge, to date, probably the longest running feud in the history of professional wrestling, uh, handsome Jimmy Valiant and Paul Jones. Man, they had every gimmick match known to man, and they and the people still kept buying the tickets to come watch these guys because they were just so entertaining to watch.
3: I, the funny part about this match is I remember um, Boogie had actually ripped off Jones's clothes, and he's standing there. Our, the, the funniest part of this match, I remember – Jones is like, and he's got a pair of wrestling trunks on underneath the tuxedo, and he's like in the corner acting like he's trying to hide himself because he's supposedly in underwear, and it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I just the way that uh, Paul Jones was in that corner.
2: <laughs> the other thing I liked was uh, to, mm-hmm. the other thing Jeff about that about that part was funny was um, Paul Jones is out there in a the tuxedo and he's like he's like dressed to the nines. He's even got the the carnation on his lapel. And Boogie ends up take, pulling a rope out of his pocket. He ties Paul Jones to the top rope. Jones is acting like, acting like he's choking. Boogie Boogie gives him a few punches. And, guys, the thing, when I went back that night and watched this, the thing that I remember the most was, I don't know how it was in Charlotte because I never really went to Charlotte, but I know Greensboro. Uh, when In Greensboro Coliseum, the fans were so hot, guys. Whenever the wrestlers would, would, would throw a punch, Everybody in the coliseum would go boom boom you know and uh and here's Boogie man throwing his punches into Paul Jones and the whole, you know, sixteen thousand people there in Greensboro are yelling, boom, boom. And it gave me goosebumps because I can man, I, I I lived that. I was there, I got to experience that. And man, it, it was amazing hearing hearing how the fans would feed uh when those wrestlers would you know, would, would throw punches. It was it was it was amazing.
0: that's what it was all about back then. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, that's what drew them in. It made it believable even more than, than, than a storyline.
2: Yeah, it was, it was great, man. Anyway, Boogie, Boogie loses this one. He, he leaves and, uh, and the world's sad, but, (laughs) uh, but he comes back and makes a great comeback and, uh, we're off, you know, two more years of feud with Paul Jones and, uh, it's just good stuff, man. Um, now our next match is for the NWA Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Title. Uh, back during this time, this, this this belt meant something. It was kind of like their you. It was uh, you know the U.S. title uh, become pretty famous, but uh, in these days, the Mid Atlantic Championship was it was a big deal. You know if, if he was Mid Atlantic champion, um, and during this Starcade, Cowboy Ron Bass with J.J. Dillon is the uh, champion, and he's defending uh, his belt against Dirty Dick Slater. Uh, this match goes nine minutes twelve seconds with uh, Ron Bass getting disqualified uh, and keeping his title. Um, what 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 are you guys thoughts about Dick Slater and Ron Bass?
0: I mean, you know, Ron Bass was the big you know big cowboy. I mean, I, that's why I know him. And I mean, Dick Slater. I mean, we we talked about him the last couple of weeks, just uh, you know, hard as nails in the ring. <laughs> I mean, there's really no other way to put it. And, um, you know, you're going to get a clash in this one, but again, another title on the line and, and, you know, great for the fans. I mean, for the fans that saw the amount of titles that were on the line at this particular show, it, it's, it's kind of unheard of, but also a good thing at the same time. And, uh, um, you know, and, and homage, you know, to, to the different, you know, NWA belts as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, now, now this next uh, this next match, guys, is, is something else. Um, the Russians Ivan and Nikita Koloff they had just uh, kicked uh, Don Knudel out of their team, and um, and I guess uh, Don had had chosen Ole Anderson to be his partner, uh, but the Russians jump him. They they jump Don Knudel. They beat him up pretty bad, uh, and then this is this is when. It, they they break kayfabe and say that Keith Larson uh, is Don Carnuel's brother, uh, who who's later later is known as Rocky Carnuel. But during this time, he uh, didn't want to uh, uh, be associated with his brother because his brother was joining the Russians and everything. So he was Keith Larson, and he was a a a, a preliminary wrestler. You know, he was the uh, you know the, the, people just call him jobbers. I don't like that name jobber, but. Um, but, uh, but, but that's what he was. Uh, he was, he was a talent enhancement and, uh, but he comes out there and signs a contract, uh, with Oli to take on the Russians. And Don Canoodle was furious that his brother, he doesn't want his brother in there, but, uh, Don's beat up pretty bad. His neck's hurt. His legs hurt. He's on crutches with a, with a, a brace around his neck. He's no, uh, no condition to compete. Uh, so his brother Keith goes in there and, uh, Ends up, uh, you know, teaming with Ole Anderson to take on the Russians. Uh, this match goes 15 minutes 28 seconds with the uh, Russians, uh, defeating Ole Anderson and Keith Larson. Um, Chris, I'll start with you. What, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the, on the Russian team, Ivan and Nikita?
0: I mean, you got a young Nikita Kohl off there, don't you? Oh, very young. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, and, and and you know his success in the NWA, you know, you know, speaks for itself. But I mean, what a team! I mean, you got a great team. I mean, you got Ivan Koloff with all his experience, Oli in the ring, Keith Larson, Don Corle. It's it's an interesting match and a match that went over fifteen minutes as well. And and they can go. I mean, Ivan and Oli can go <laughs> fifteen back in the day um, by themselves without all the other. <laughs> two guys even being in there yeah um so i i mean you know a, a good tag team match that no titles on the line um you know it looks like to me when i'm looking at the card it's kind of setting up for the next three matches which were probably the top three that were promoted on on the program you know so it worked i you know overall and you know, I, I guess whatever was going on it, it worked at that particular time um Keith Larson not too familiar with there but you know the other guys Ivan and Nikita you know great opportunity and then you know the Russians were always a, a threat no matter what <laughs> anyway on, on any card on any given night so you know
3: they're gonna be there
2: yeah for sure Jeff uh what 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 are your memories of Ivan Nikita and Don Caroodle
3: um I think that Don Cronodal and Ivan Koloff were the world tag team champions. And I think that, uh, Don Cronodal ended up doing something. If I can remember correctly, Don Cronodal was the reason that they lost the belts to dusty Rhodes and, uh, the raging bull. And I think that's when the, the Russians turned on Don Cronodal Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what happened. But man, um, out of all the wrestlers I can remember back in the '80s, I think Nikita Koloff made the biggest improvement from when he started in, you know, the NWA when I first saw him, uh, you know, until um, you know Crockett sold the company to Turner. Because I mean, he, I mean, he was so green, and I mean, just so, and you could tell Ivan Koloff worked hard and worked, uh, you know, worked on polishing, um, Nikita. And I think that that was a good fit to put him with Ivan. Um, and I remember the story goes that, uh, you know, um, uh, Dusty was looking for a Russian to team with Ivan and he was wanting to run him as, like, a nephew or whatever. And uh, um, Animal and Hawk of the Road Warriors were the ones that saw um, Nikita um, there in Minnesota where they are from. Uh, you know, I think they were no um, – uh, Animal was friends with Nikita growing up. Yeah, they and, they, uh, they
2: went to school together. Matter of fact, uh, Nikita was, was at um, Animal's wedding. He, he was actually in Animal's Wedding. There's there's pictures on Animal's Facebook of Nikita with hair uh, when they were really young. It's, it's pretty funny.
3: Yeah, and I think that's how, yeah, they found Nikita. Um, Dusty said, man, we need to find somebody with Ivan, and uh, Animal was the one that brought up, hey, you know, I, I got somebody that would be perfect. And uh, I know uh, I saw a shooter interview with Nikita, and he says uh, he wanted to play football. And, you know, he didn't want it, and then he's like, you know, he's like, well, I saw an opportunity to get into wrestling, so I did that instead, so, um, then paid dividends for him, and, um, yeah, Ole Anderson, I mean, yeah, here's a man that's been, <laughs> been in the business for a long, long time, and, uh, um, and then he chose uh, Don Cronodal's brother to be his partner to get revenge on the Russians. And of course it didn't really happen. I do remember there was one, Pearl Ivan took a beating in this match because I do remember there was, wasn't there one spot where Cronodal hit Ivan with the uh, crutch? Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember
2: that. Yeah. That, that, that was good stuff. Um, now, I'll tell you a funny Don Cranoodle story. Uh, back when I was in high school, I had this girlfriend. Of course, we know I had many girlfriends, but I had this one girlfriend. And um, her mother, uh, was uh, she, she worked at this place that, that done embroidery, and she was the lady in charge of embroidering all of Don Cranoodle's ring jackets and those USA headbands that he wore to the ring um she made all those for him and i thought that was kind of cool and when i dated her her daughter you know i wasn't in wrestling yet i just watched it and and, uh one day i I came in there wearing a a rock and roll express t-shirt and she's like you like wrestling i'm like yeah well i used to i don't watch it much anymore because by this time this is like 1990 and um she's like oh i used to um make clothes for wrestlers i'm like what who and she's like uh I think it comes so proud of the Carolinas or proud of the USA. I said, "Yeah, Don Knudel." She goes, "Yeah, that's him." And she goes, "I think I got pictures he gave me." And, and sure enough, she went in her bedroom, came back, and she had she had a whole bunch of autographed pictures that he gave her every time that she ordered embroidered or something. He, he, he signed a picture to her, so I thought that was kind of cool. But now moving on to our um, our next match. Now, this, guys, is, is is a great match. This match goes 13 minutes, 17 seconds, uh, and it's for the NWA World Television title and $10,000. Uh, Tolia Blanchett, the champion, taking on Ricky Steamboat, not quite the dragon yet. Uh, but, man, you talk about two guys that could work at the Ultimate heel and the Ultimate Babyface. This match right here should have been the main event on StarCade.
0: It probably should have been the main event. Uh, it, it, it really could have. I mean, what else? You, you know what you're going to get. I mean, you know, Tully, the ultimate heel. You know Ricky's skill set coming into the ring. And, uh, uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes is the booker, puts himself in the main event. You know, but at the time, Flair was the man at this particular point. So, you know, I kind of get it. But. I mean, they could have won an hour in this match if they probably really wanted to.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
3: he, yeah, he, uh, yeah Tully had injured uh, Steamboat's ribs uh, uh-huh. beforehand. I think uh, Tully was with um, the Long Riders. He was in the little stable with JJ Dillon was his manager, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember, uh, I love the finish of this match. I, I. I don't know who came up with it, but
2: I loved it. Meals and moments are better with Galbani. Yeah. It, it was it was good stuff. Um and the fact that they that they went uh, you know, um, for, for, for for such a long period of time, you know. And I mean the the Tully totally, totally was the ultimate heel and 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 Steamboat the ultimate baby face. I mean it's a great team. It, it, a, a great combination together.
0: No,
2: no, absolutely no. There's no doubt. What was uh, some some of your favorite parts of that feud, Jeff? Totally in uh and and uh Steamboat.
3: Um, just the, uh, the fact that you know uh, they they had uh, jumped Steamboat and hurt his ribs, and then uh, you know he went into the arcade, you know, with hurt ribs.
2: And the fact that they put the uh, ten thousand dollars up each, you know, made it made made it you know that that more special match.
3: Yeah, yep. I think Tully had said that he wasn't going to wrestle Steamboat anymore. So I think they had went. I think Tully. Uh, I saw a shoot interview with him, and he was mentioning with Steamboat. He says we went. Said we went to Greensboro, and we went thirty minutes time limit draw. And then the next time we went a sixty-minute time that draw. Yeah, I can imagine, man. That sixty-minute match had to have been incredible. I mean, with those two and and uh, the story that they could tell in the ring and perform uh, at a high level, I'm sure it was really good.
2: Yeah, I I, uh, I hate I I didn't get to witness any of those matches because man, Tully and uh, Steamboat would have been. So awesome to see. Uh, Now, moving on to our next match, uh, the uh, semi main event of Star Kid 84, um, as it's uh, it's for the NWA United States Heavyweight title, the champion, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, against Kung Fu superstar Billy Graham. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. I mean,. That was some funny stuff. I love that gimmick <laughs> whenever he'd come out there. I mean, it, it, it was something to, to, to see that as, um, you know, superstar Billy Graham is like doing this Kung Fu gimmick. Uh, he went from this, all this tie dye multicolor stuff he did in the 70s. Uh, he stripped, stripped it down, started doing Kung Fu, wearing all black, uh, kind of, kind of like his, his ode to David Spade, um, but man, uh, I tell you what, uh, it was still a great match. Uh, you know, Wahoo, I don't think has ever had a bad match, and we got Superstar Billy Graham, who, who uh, Chris used to be the former WWF World Heavyweight Champion. So we definitely got got two guys in there, and of course Billy Graham had a great physique too. Um, but this match only goes four minutes eighteen seconds uh, with the Big Chief uh, taking the win. Uh, what what are you guys thoughts on this one?
0: I I, I mean, for me, you know, having to see superstar Billy Graham many times in the World Wrestling Federation when he would come, you know, he was gigantic in the ring and and a force to be reckoned with no matter who. I mean, I saw him take on, you know, Bob Backlund. I mean, so many guys in the WWF. I mean, and to kind of see him do this gimmick a little bit, I don't know where where they're going with that, but... He was obvious off, off his WWF run at this point. Great pickup for the NWA. Um, um, you know, short match. I mean, Wahoo experienced superstars. Got you know, he was not an easy guy to work with in the ring uh, as well. But again, you, you know, for me, he was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to go watch the WWF back in the day because I liked the tie dye gimmick. That really drew me to to him and. You know, his arms were just so big. It was just incredible when he was at his peak.
2: Yeah, I mean, Billy Graham was, he, and and his promos were, were so entertaining, you know. The Tower mm-hmm. of Power, Too Sweet to Be Sour. I mean, he had that rap, man, and a lot of guys uh, stole it. You know, st- stole stole some of his stuff. If you go back over the years and look at some of the guys, I mean, even Dusty Rhodes. Some of Dusty Rhodes' interviews were, were some, you know, were, were parts of, of what uh superstar Billy Graham would say. And if you look at Hulk Hogan, I mean, Hulk Hogan was, was a Billy Graham ripoff. I mean, just to be honest here, uh, tie dye, you know, and everything, but, um, uh, but, but, uh, Billy Graham was way ahead of his time for sure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And boy, what a tough spot on the, on the, 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 the lineup, you know, coming off that Blanchard Steamboat match, these guys are probably like, wow, we, <laughs> what are we going to do here? Yeah. You know, and then and then you got the main event coming. I mean, we don't want to steal any thunder here, so I, I don't know. It's a it, tough spot to be on, on, on the lineup.
2: Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, we're moving now to our main event of Star Arcade. Uh, nature Boy Ric Flair, the world heavyweight champion, defending against Dusty Rhodes. Uh, one million dollars and the NWA World Championship belt with a special guest referee, Smoke and Joe Fraser, big boxing legend. Um, before we get into this uh, main event, I've got uh, a couple of promos from Dusty and Ric Flair going into this match. Uh, and uh, um, right now we're, we're gonna play Dusty's first, and then we'll talk about that one, then come back and hear Flair's, and then we'll get into the match coming up right now. American Dream Dusty Rhodes, and of course, a jam packed Coliseum here tonight, the Greensboro Coliseum, and of course, shown all over the world, all over the United States. Let's talk to him right now, Dusty Rhodes, and of course, he's sitting here, and uh, you have been all over the world. You're one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling, if not the top name. The question is, is this the biggest night of your life?
1: Well, Tony, throughout the history of wrestling throughout this country, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Names have been etched in stone throughout the world. I told Ric Flair, live on television, I said, people gotta make a choice. The people have to come sooner or later, find out who is the greatest wrestler, who is the greatest man alive on this earth today, professional wrestler, Ric Flair. I know you're listening somewhere in this building. The talking is over. There's no more talking. There's no more bobbing and show business around and driving your big cars and showing your big watches and your fancy house and your fancy diamond rings. Dusty Rose, the American dream, Relaxing here, sitting here live and in color fire satellite throughout this world, telling you one thing. Very shortly from now, one million dollars goes in my pocket, Ric Flair. The world's title goes in my pocket, Ric Flair, and you are gonna be yesterday's newspaper. And let me tell you something else. Everybody take heed. Joe Frazier, wherever y'all be listening, because I don't want you sticking your nose in my business. Me and Flair, one million dollars. I'm resting. I have nothing else to say about this thing, except I'm to put his man living alive anywhere in the universe that's it
2: man now i have heard a lot of dusty roads promos i don't think this was one of the best ones what do you guys think
0: uh no. no no as far as from a descriptive standpoint no i mean Dusty didn't sound like to me he was ready to come in and, and take the World Heavyweight
3: Championship by any means.
2: No, and almost almost made you think Dusty was a heel here.
3: Yeah, it, it did. And uh, you know, of course he'll never do as good a promo as the Hard Times promo. I mean no, that, never that, happened, that's his best Dusty. one for
2: sure. Yeah.
3: But uh yeah, um Dusty was just uh Yeah. Course he, he might be he might have been a little uh might have drunk a little bit too much too. I mean you never know, knowing Dusty.
2: Yeah, back in those days, man, you never you never know. Uh now on the other side of the spectrum, on the other side of the Greensboro Coliseum, a young Tony Schiavone is talking to the NWA world champion Rick Flair. Okay thank you very much Gordon Soley and it's always a pleasure to be standing beside this man the heavyweight champion of the world nature boy Ric Flair and it's hard to say that you could be any better than you were one year ago at this time when you won the title however you have to be because you wrestle the top competition every night of your life uh, and you're still the world heavyweight champion but tonight it's not only for the title
0: and a man you know very well the American Dream Dusty Rhodes it's for one million dollars
3: Well, Tony the greatest honor of any to any wrestler in the world today is to be the world heavyweight champion only one honor greater than that, that's to win the World Heavyweight Championship and hang on to a fair period of time. This is Greensboro, North Carolina. I won the title here before. I've been all over the world, whether people like me or dislike me. They know that when I get in the ring, they're looking at the best wrestler, the most qualified athlete today, to be called the World Heavyweight Champion. Dusty Rhodes, $1 million, Tony. The biggest purse ever put up for a professional wrestling match. As far as I'm concerned, any other purse for any sport of all time. A million dollars cash. Ric Flair is going in that ring, brother. Gunning. And Dusty Rhodes, you lay over there as laid back as you want to, Daddy. I know you're watching me right now. You better be half the man that you've told these people you are because you're jumping on the number one stud in all of professional wrestling. Man,
2: just listen to, to Flair talk. Uh, uh, and all of the—I uh, mean, he—he—he he, he believed himself so much in that in that promo.
0: I—I I, I mean, for me, when I listen to both promos, Flair looks laser focused on this match. He knows there's a million dollars on the line, the NWA World Title's on the line. He won it a year earlier. He's not ready to give it up, you know, and and. He pays homage. He pays homage as, as, as he's, he's the champion. He's honored to be the champion. And he knows whether you're going to cheer for me, you're going to boo for me, you're going to be right down the middle, I'm going to give you my best each and every night. And I think that's always been his MO, whether it's a singles match, a tag match, he's been in war games, whatever it's been, you're going to get the best out of me each and every night. I walked that aisle. And I, I, I don't think he's ever wavered from that in his career.
2: No, I, no, definitely not. I mean, that was, and one of the things I liked about these Starcade promos back then, like they did them in the dressing room. And as Tony Schiavone was talking, you could see wrestlers in the back, like behind mm-hmm. him, walking, walking by the camera. It, it gave you like that back, you know, backstage uh, feel. It, it made you feel like that, that you were right there in the dressing room. Uh with with those guys. I, I that, that that was one of the things I that I thought stood out there um about these about the at least the at least the first two Starcades, eighty three and eighty four. Now uh on this on on this Starcade event, main event match, Rick Flair taking on Dusty Rhodes, uh smoking Joe Fraser as a champion. Now one of the things that, that we all need to think about <clears throat> going into this is in boxing uh, once a wrestler is busted open and he's bleeding really bad, if he's bleeding too bad, the referee's going to stop the match for blood, uh, and pro wrestling. We don't do that. I mean, um, uh, if, if you go back and look at Stark at 85, man, uh, there, there, there was probably enough blood on that canvas to, 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 uh, donate to the red cross. I mean, there was blood everywhere. Um, and so, uh, and so, Starkid '84 uh, wasn't quite as bloody. Uh, there was blood, but not as much as I, I don't think as '83. '83 was a bloodbath. Um, but, uh, but here we go with this one. Uh, Flair and Dusty both uh, bleeding profusely uh, in this match, but ends up uh, Joe Fraser stops the match because uh, he feels like Dusty Rose is bleeding too bad over his eye. Um, uh, what a what a crazy finish for this for this belt. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the match went 12 minutes, you know, Joe Frazier is the guest referee and there's a million dollars on the line. I, that the world heavy championships on the line. I don't know where Joe Frazier fits in the whole picture of this. I don't have the background detail on it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. All I know is if I'm Dusty Rhodes and I'm Ric Flair getting into this match, you know, I want the best referee in the business in the ring with a million dollars on the line. And I think the fans would want – I don't know if Joe Frazier, other than – and I don't know if he even sold any tickets in this match. I don't really think he did, uh, you know, but I don't know. It's just me. But I just don't know where he fits in, in this whole scheme of, of the build up to this particular Starcade and, and why he is the referee in this match.
2: Yeah, I, I think it was just the fact that Dusty was booking and he was trying to um, bring in um, you know, outside stars uh, to, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, draw more attention. I believe is, is, is the idea. Uh, and, uh, and plus it was a way to have a, a screw job finish to keep Dusty strong and keep Flair strong is, 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 is what I would think. What, what, what is, is, is that, is that your thoughts too, Jeff? Yeah, it
3: definitely is. And I, man, I love, I love the finish. You know, when I was a kid, I hated it. Mm -hmm. But now you look at it as a wrestler and you're like, you know, that was a really good finish. I mean, it was creative. I mean, you know, who would have thought, who would have thought, you know, God, I never thought that, They'd have a boxer come in as a ref, and you're not even thinking about it. And then, wow, he calls the match because Dusty's bleeding from his eye like they do in a a real boxing match where they call the match. It's over. Mm -hmm. And I just – I love the finish, and I'll never forget Dusty Rose. Smoking Joe Frazier, you owe me a million dollars. I'll never forget that promo (laughs) after Starcade was over. That was so funny. Yep.
2: Dusty's out there with a towel over his eye, and you, you can't even see his eyes or his nose. All you see is his mouth moving. Joe <laughs> the, the Frazier's, "I'm gonna get you, boy! I'm gonna get you in the parking lot or something like." That. It was it was hilarious, um, but, uh, but 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 uh, but it definitely was a, a great starcade. Uh, I want to mention our commentators for this starcade. It was uh, uh, the voice of Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling, Bob Coddle and the voice of Georgia Championship Wrestling. Gordon Soldi calling the action. We got Tony Schiavone in the dressing room doing all the interviews. And then our referees is Earl Hebner, which I used to love Earl because he, he he would try to fight the wrestlers. It was so funny. Um, Sonny Fargo and Tommy Young. Uh, and of course, Smoking Joe Fraser, the special guest referee. And our ring announcer, Truckin' Tom Miller. Um, Starcade drew 16,000 people. And it was also held on close, closed circuit television, uh, all around the mid Atlantic region. Um, million dollar challenge was the storyline. Uh, and it, like, like we said, it had tons of matches. Um, but, uh, definitely, um, you know, Starcades, uh, this is, this is kind of like Friday 13th part two, Jeff. Uh, it's starting to get good. We ain't great yet, but it's good. Um, and, uh, and and it's just going to get better as the weeks go on. Um, and, you know, next next week uh, is the week of Thanksgiving, and the Binge Buster Show is going to have a double, uh, a double episode of the Binge Buster Show. We're going to have a, a regular episode uh, come out next Wednesday, but then, like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, on Thanksgiving Day, Jeff, Chris, and myself are going to break down the absolute best ever Starcade that was ever produced. Um, and I, th- I think you guys uh, listeners at home are definitely going to, going to agree with us on this one. Uh, now next week uh, on our Wednesday program, uh, we're going to be breaking down. Uh, we're we're going to kind of get out of the mid Atlantic um, uh, years of uh, Starcade. And we're going to talk about Starcade 93 uh, that took place in Charlotte. I want to do that one just because it was in the Carolinas uh, because uh, after 1986, um, no more StarCades were in the Carolinas. They, um, you know, uh, they they moved it out, uh, went to Chicago, and then uh, Crockett sold out. Then it, it then they had it everywhere. Uh, but in '93, they brought Starcade back to the Carolinas. It was the 10-year anniversary of Starcade with the main event again: Ric Flair back against the wall, going after the NWA World. I'm sorry, the WCW. World Championship uh, against the undefeated uh, Big Van Vader. Um, And I was there live for this match. I got to see it firsthand. I got to hear Ric Flair call Vader, you fat son of a bitch. Uh, It was great. Um, So uh, a lot of great matches on that. So make sure you guys tune in next Wednesday as we break down Starcade 93. Uh, Jeff, Chris, before we go off the air, any parting words about this Starcade 84 million dollar challenge?
0: I mean, it was it was a, a, great show. It was a nice lineup. A, a lot of titles were on the line. I mean, that's what I remember. And looking at this particular card, um, you know, it was interesting and, and a good storyline to the finish with, with with Flair and Rhodes as well. And and it's going to keep going on and on. You know, as always into the, into '85. Uh, so absolutely, you know, a great hey. Like I always say every week, Tony. It was a great time to be a wrestling fan, and the 16,000-plus fans in that Greensboro Coliseum got their money's worth, I would say, without a doubt.
2: For sure. Jeff, what say yeah, you?
3: My, yeah, my Yeah, my final thoughts is, you know, I don't think that they created the same thunder as they did with Star K-83 with this one. Um, I think it, you know, it was a, it was a good show, no doubt about it, but it, it wasn't Starcade 83. No, it just didn't have the same, uh, vibe to it. I mean, you know, as far as the matches, uh, it just didn't have, but I mean, still overall, it was a good, good, it beats anything we see nowadays. Um, of course that doesn't take much there to beat that, but, uh, Yeah, overall, it was a really good show. I enjoyed it. And uh, so can't wait to do uh, 93 next
2: week. 93 is going to be good. But uh, Thanksgiving night on the Binge Buster show, uh, it is going to be off the charts. You fans are going to love this show that we have got planned for you. Um, Going to have some special stuff. Um, Not to let the cat out of the bag, but... I am going to try my best to get in touch with a NWA legend that performed at several of the StarCades uh, and see if I can't get him on the show with us um, to uh, to uh, talk about the Starcade. Uh, that now I, I can't guarantee I can get I, I can get him because with the holidays coming up, I just had that thought uh, come you know come across my mind. I know he told me before, Hey, Tony, man, if you ever need me back on the show, just give me a call. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I may, I may give him a call. Uh, it may not be a live pro, uh, live interview with him. It might be pre taped, but I'm going to definitely try to get a NWA legend on, um, on our final show Thanksgiving night, but we'll, we'll go from there and see. Um, but anyway, uh, it's been a, um, it's been a great, uh, a great night here on the binge buster show. uh, Next week's going to be even even hotter. A double edition of the binge buster show. Uh, it's going to be great, guys.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I'm looking forward to it, Jeff. I don't know about you, but I heard Tony's cooking a, a full Thanksgiving turkey meal for us. So I'm I'm looking forward to it next week. <laughs>
3: That's right.
0: <laughs> it's going to be great.
2: It's going to be it's going to be wide open, baby.
0: I, I'm going to let you know what side dishes I like as well, Tony. I'm going to send that to you.
2: Hey, that sounds good, Chris. I like that. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us on the show. Uh, fans at home listening, make sure you go like us on our Facebook page. Uh, comment. Let us, let us know what you think about each show that we we put out. Um, we're not making millions of dollars here. We're just trying to uh, uh, entertain you fans and most less entertain ourselves So and, and walk down memory lane. So, anyway, thank everybody for your support, and we'll see you next week right here on the Binge Buster Show.
1: Thank you for listening to The Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.